Okay, so I have a funny story for you. Okay. Well, for <laughs> everyone, not just me. Well, yeah, but you haven't heard it yet, so. I have not. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I just put our older daughter to bed. Yes. Bedtime was my turn tonight. And I was wearing my um, Vote Save America shirt. Okay. And she goes, she likes uh, reading now. Like she's trying to learn how to read, I guess, in the very early stages. She wanted to know what it said. She And she starts like saying the letters. And so we spelled it all out. And I told her what it said. Vote Save America. And she said, what's that? What's America? <laughs> and I said, that's our country. That's where we live. And she said, and what's that? And she pointed to the word save. I said, she said, so what? Right, she knew what the word safe meant. So right, she said, yeah. so America's our country. I said, yes. She said, so what about our country needs help? Because <laughs> she understood what it meant, save, save America. Yeah. And I was like totally taken aback. Like I did not know what to say. I'm like, girl, <laughs> if only I could explain all the things. <laughs> I mean, you could have just said something simple like, oh, some people just need food it's that's what i said i said the first thing that came to my mind was um nature and the environment because she knows she loves being outside and like she gets that right so i said you know th some things in nature need our help um and then yeah i also said you know and some people just don't have as many things as we do or don't have as don't have food or don't have you know a, a house like we do and stuff like that so right, right. yeah and uh then she said but Baby bears need help, but they don't live in the city. <laughs> and they then live she in the said, zoo? can we read each peach pear plum? And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> I always pretend I don't know where everything is. Yeah, she's very excited to point it out. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that was that was her, uh, you know, very philosophical bedtime question tonight. Only she's asking questions. Yes, I love it. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> welcome to While She's Napping. I am Adam. And I'm Cindy. Did you, you post it? Yes, you did. So we had donuts today. We sure did. And if you peep the Instagram onto the stories, you'll see that we reshared uh, the donuts that we enjoyed. A picture of the donuts, rather. Can't share donuts on an Instagram. <laughs> if only. Um, yeah, we reshared a picture of it uh, from the account that one of our friends enjoyed them with us. So it was a uh, it was a good time. We uh, we re revisited a park and had donuts like we did last year, and we did. I think this is hopefully becoming somewhat of a tradition. Yeah. Um. But the reason why we're bring well, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because these donuts in particular were '90s themed, and we've talked about these before on our Rhode Island episode. Um. If you're if you're interested in hearing about the great state of Rhode Island, I encourage you to listen to that specifically if you want to know mostly about the food. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all ninety themes. You have wildberry pop tart. Um, you've had you have cosmic brownie donuts. You have uh like cup the oatmeal cream pie. Oh, yeah, oatmeal cream pie. Cup of dirt was really good. Cup of dirt. Um, Hostess cupcake. What was it? Cinnamon. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yes. Nutter Butter. Chips yes. Ahoy. We can go on and on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it got us thinking that maybe we should talk about nostalgia. And I think the thing about nostalgia is 
you know, uh, I've noticed, especially when it comes to media, particularly movies and TV shows, um, there's this overwhelming urge to bring things back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to revisit them. Revisiting it isn't good enough anymore. It's to bring it back and redo it or bring back the original cast and make more episodes of a yeah. previous sitcom or make a fourth or fifth part of a movie. I think Bad Boys 3 came out not oh, too really? long ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, shit like that. I, oh, I saved this. They're bringing back Are You Afraid of the Dark? Really? Yes. I hadn't heard that. So there you go. Right? And it got me thinking, you know, why is this, I feel, uh, specific and more geared towards millennials? Because I don't know that people in the 80s were bringing back things from like the 60s and 70s. Like, and if they were, it was definitely not to the degree that we're doing it now. Yeah. You know, sitcoms were pretty much just starting in the 80s, so you can't bring back sitcoms. Right. I mean, media well, that's in not general, true. though, I don't know was... Why I just said that. What, wait, what? I just said yeah. sitcoms were starting in the 80s. That's not true at all. Right. No, that's <laughs> not true. Well, maybe that's when they became really popular, but no, they were always... Po- sitcom, I feel like, has always been a popular genre. But they were still original. Like, all these new right. sitcoms that were being released during that time were original. They weren't bringing them back. Right, right. And what I was going to say is that I feel like media in general, like TV in general, was sort of still in its infancy at yeah, that point, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, like, but there was plenty of room for new things. I Movies mean, it kind of still was. I mean, if you think about it. No. Okay. So, when did... Let's, let's do a little history lesson. I don't know when Tell the me. first film came out, but, you know, filming... It, it, it's not like... I think the first Disney film was released in the 50s. I think Snow I think it was White. A earlier than that. Okay, well, so when was The Wizard of Oz? 30s? 30s, 40s. Yeah, something like that. So I'm saying in the grand scheme of things, that's really not that long ago. 50 years, right? So we're bringing things back 40 years old. We're read or 30 years old, right? So you would figure in the 80s, they're like, prime time to bring back Wizard of Oz. It's been 50 years. I mean, that's been... Actually, they did. They made a yeah, sequel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Return to Oz is badass. Yeah. And they had Wicked. Yeah, that's theater just a adaptation. That's... I guess, but I'm just saying like classics like that do get revisited, but the point, not in the same way that you're describing. I know right. what you mean. It, it's at such a rate that I think people in our demographic, specifically millennials, are thirsty for this. And I'd like to know why. Um, you know, th- you see it with Boy Meets World. They brought back Girl Meets World. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're bringing back Home Improvement. Oh, really? Um, Full House, Fuller House. Yeah. They're re... They basically redid or reinterpreted Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. They had the um, Friends reunion. They wouldn't do more episodes, but they did the reunion. I, I want to get to that in okay. a little bit. But Roseanne came mm-hmm. back. Now it's whatever their names are. The whatevers. Um... <laughs> It, it they brought back Rugrats is yep. on Paramount Plus now. Beavis yep. and Butthead is on Paramount Plus now. Are they new though? Like new yeah. episodes? Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm. I haven't watched a single one because there, it, there's something about that time that you can't replicate. And I, we'll dig deeper into that. Yeah, in a bit. But I don't know. I, I just think that there is a, a space to appreciate 
nostalgia and a space to appreciate the things that you enjoyed in your childhood without the overwhelming need to force it back in the 2020s or whatever, the present day. Well, I guess, what do you mean by force? Do you mean by the people who are creating the content or by the, the demand. consuming it? The demand. I don't think people understand what they're demanding. I think they're demanding. What they say is bring back whatever. Pick a sitcom. We love Everybody Loves Raymond. It's impossible yeah. to do because half the, sta- half the cast, cast is, is dead. Gone. Yeah. Um, but say, hey, bring back Everybody Loves Raymond. We don't really want that. We just want to remember what it was like and be in that environment when it was like to watch it when it was live. Right. So I think it's more than just media that can invoke that, right? Like we just did it today with the 90s donuts. Like, But it's not the donut, right? No, it's, but it's it's the flavors, the ideas of like eating a Dunkaroos donut. It makes you... I feel like also smell and taste are very, very strong memory senses. Yeah, especially because smell. You can, there is a formula to perfect that, right? So it, take away the donuts. They mm-hmm. did re release, they brought back Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos. Yeah, it well, it's another example of like thing, nostalgic things being brought back. But it's the same thing. It's not a reinterpretation of Dunkaroos. Right, right. But my point is that indulging in that nostalgic thing, whether it's, a TV show or a food or whatever, uh, a game, um, yeah. puts you back in that mindset of, like, it brings you back in a sense. But it doesn't, I think it's it's like a mirage. Like, it, I think it, it's a comforting thing in the moment. Um, I think food is a more precise example. Yeah, I mean, comfort food is a thing for a reason. Yeah, and I think because it is bang on. Right, you're having the same Dunkaroo formula right. that you had when you were a kid. Right. If you had a fruit by the foot, you would have that same formula, and that's why that taste sort of brings you back. Yeah. Whereas if you watch a reinterpretation or an extension of a sitcom or a movie or something, you I feel it's almost inevitable that you'll say, "Didn't quite hit as hard. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't capture me." The way it used to. And it's not because of the material. It might be. Mm-hmm. But it's because you're not in that space anymore. Yeah, but you're not in that space when you're eating a Dunkaroo either. But you don't have to be. Right? It, that's, that's not... In, the enjoyment of taste doesn't require a specific space. Right, in, but we don't necessarily... I mean, Dunkaroos are delicious. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But like, you're, be not, you're not enjoying it because of how it tastes. You're enjoying it because of the memory that it invokes. Yeah, so I guess things like sitcoms and movies, because of the dis- inevitable disappointment that it didn't hit, mm-hmm. it's not the same. Uh, yeah, I guess so, I know what you mean. So this is what Jennifer Aniston said about Friends. This okay. Apparently, from my understanding, she was the one that said it will never happen. She was adamant. A reboot of it, not just a one night thing. A one night thing is fine because you're just reminiscing of it. That's right. They weren't. It wasn't a a new script and like a new plot or episode or whatever. Yeah. I think they, from what I saw in the trailer, you actually watched it, but didn't they like read script? I think they did some. Yeah, like they and they revisited the set or like so they just reminisced replica of the set. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. that's fun because you're reminiscing with them. Right, and the actors were talking about their yes. experience. You're reminiscing with the actual individuals, not the characters. Right. So when it comes to Friends, Jennifer Anderson said, I don't want to revisit it because you can't do it. You can't do 
what we did then, now. It's because, not relatable. Because no one's going to go to a coffee shop and sit on a couch and wait. Right. What do you What do you do now when you wait for someone in a restaurant while you're dicking around on your phone? Right. You're, during mid-conversation, you're texting or your cell phone rings. None of that happened during Friends. And she had the wherewithal to say, you, you just can't do that now. So it's not real. And right. if you make Friends now, you have to... If you extend it to like season whatever in 2022, you have to ask yourself, do I want to make it modern? Right. Or pretend like they're still in the 90s, because but just you, older versions of themselves. And, and then you're only yeah. appealing to a specific demographic. Right. And you're not, you're cutting your legs off at that point because those that you might bring in will be like, this is boring. Right. So I, I honestly think that Fuller House kind of achieved that. I think they're the only ones. Yeah. I mean, they totally appealed to me, the me's, (laughs) you know, my my peers, my generation of kids who watched it like that was my show growing up. I love that show. And um, I I think that they achieved, you know, nods and just enough of the originality of Full House while also making it modern enough for new younger generations to enjoy it. Even if they also, didn't understand all of the references or all of the nods or all the nostalgia, like I think yeah. that it was an enjoyable show as a standalone show for people who didn't it, weren't around for Full House. And it was on a streaming service. Yeah. So. And they also made fun of themselves a little bit. Like it yes. would make fun of the original. Um, and it 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 knew that it was corny in that way and everything. So I I think that they did a good job with that. But. They're not a lot of these sitcoms, minus from my understanding. Well, I just mentioned a lot of the Paramount Plus ones and Fresh Princes on Peapod. But if you go with um, Peacock, what did I say? Peapod. Peapod. <laughs> That's the stop and shop delivery service. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Peacock. Um, it's, it's a streaming service, whereas Girl Meets World was relying on ratings to stay alive. Oh, was that only on cable? Yeah, yeah. I think oh, it was wow. on ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's or, probably or the reason why I watched Freeform or whatever. Fuller House and not Girl Meets That's World. what I'm saying. So th- I don't know how ratings work with streaming services, how they quantify that. Yeah. Um, but there's, I, I feel that there's more, f- I'm sure they count streams and whatnot, but yeah. um, I think that's the platform. If you're going to get away with it, you can do it on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think that when it comes to television and movies in particular, you're inevitably going to miss the mark. And in music, you see all these bands with these revival tours, right? Yeah. Especially bands from the 90s. Are there some festivals 90s. coming up that are yes. all about like Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne and My Chemical Romance? Yes. And yeah. Yeah. And Our Lady Peace just released Spiritual Machines too. Now, oh, really? Our Lady Peace was one of my favorite bands when I was a kid. Yeah. When I was. A freshman in high school loved Our Lady Peace. Fucking loved Our Lady Peace. Um, and Spiritual Machines, to this day, is definitely one of my top albums. Mm-hmm. Definitely top 10. It's an acquired taste. But I was excited to hear Spiritual Machines too, but I had this overwhelming feeling in the back of my mind that it's not going to be the same because, I mean, I'm cutting through the bullshit here. When you have different band members the sound from one album to another is going to change especially if it's a guitarist that's writing the songs Mm -hmm. it's you can 
try to get as close as possible, but that guitarist inevitably is, is going to have his own subjectivity to the material. It's yeah. just, and which is fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it bad or you know worse. It just makes it different. So when I heard that they're going to revitalize Spiritual Machines 2, or make, rather, Spiritual Machines 2, I thought to myself, there's no way because the original guitarist isn't part of the band. It's not going to fit. Yeah. And it didn't. Right. Well, I think it's also about where you are in your life at the time. Like, your taste in music has also evolved a lot over the years since you were a huge Our Lady Peace fan. Like, But I still love everything Tool that's released. Yeah, that's true. So I think there are some because anomalies. Because the same but, members. Yeah, but I think there are there are other reasons other than just, oh, I like this music, as to why you're drawn to certain musical artists, TV shows, uh, sure, et cetera. Yes. Like it's, it's based on your, yeah, and yeah. Your, your age and where you are in your life. And I think that's the same thing for a lot of the, the nostalgic sitcoms that we grew up with is it was super relatable. Like, because we and were watching. Right. But that's where I go back. That's why I was my point about Fuller House is that it was the same characters that I related to when I was a kid watching the movie. I related to the kids. And now I'm a 30-something okay. mom. And the kids that I related to as when I was a kid are now also 30-something moms. And the show was about them now as moms. So it was taking place in modern times. But it was just as relatable to me now with those same characters because as it was 30 years ago. Because the focus was on the characters. Right. So that makes sense. Whereas Girl Meets World, the focus wasn't necessarily on Topanga and Corey Right, it was their Sean next generation. And Feeny yeah. and stuff, right. So it's not... It may not be relatable to the generation that it's necessarily geared towards. And you know, and th- and I think that's it. I think when you hear people, you gotta bring it back, gotta bring it back. Again, I don't think they really know what they want. I don't think they really want it back. No, they want the feeling. I just, yes, I think they want to go back to yes. that time. <laughs> right. And that's the frustration. That's why it misses the mark. And that's why you're so fucking frustrated mm-hmm. when you watch a sitcom or a movie and you're saying, this isn't. Well, I, I, I was expecting so much more because you hype yourself up because right. you can't go back. Even if the acting is of a similar yes. caliber, if the script is still really good, if everything else is really high quality and it's a good show, it's still not 1994. On You know, like you're never going back. Yeah. That's why I'm afraid of I'm afraid, afraid of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> because it's how are you going to do that? Yeah. It's, it's Imagine going to yeah. some of um, I don't know. We don't know any young kids so uh <laughs> i don't know imagine going to some 13 year old a bunch of them mm-hmm. and be like hey you guys ever go around a campfire and throw some salt <laughs> dust stuff into a fire and tell, under your chin. and tell ghost stories <laughs> no like how that's not it's not a thing anymore it's not a thing and it'd be weird now maybe it wouldn't be but maybe I, they'll update it maybe it'll be a modern version i don't know what how, are they gonna but... do zoom meetings <laughs> I don't know. Like on YouTube? I don't know. I mean... It's got to be made for us. That's the thing. Like, Are You Afraid of the Dark is a very specific thing. Yeah. And if you are going to update it and make it something, just call it something else. When you introduce Are You Afraid of the Dark and extend... I think it's season three that they're making. I, okay. I think they only released two original se- uh, seasons. If you're going to bring season three into the equation, you can't make it totally different. Because right. then it's not, are you There's afraid of the dark? Show. So just name it something else. Yeah. Introduce a new scary thing for the modern generation and leave, yeah. are you afraid of the dark alone? I'm just thinking of all of the um, like urban legends and stuff that are that float around on the internet. Like that would be a modern version of like stories that could be told that would be relatable. 
Yeah, but they already have podcasts for that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, they there's have true crime. There's yeah, yeah creepy ghosts, stories yep. that are told in the dark. They made an entire paranormal. They yep. make a, a let's not meet. It's a subreddit. It's a podcast. Oh, you're talking about this. I still haven't listened to it though. Yeah. Let's not meet stories. Yeah. Just reads them <laughs> um, in dramatic fashion. But I, I just, I can't, I can't get over it. I, and sometimes it works. There are very few occasions in which it works. You mentioned uh, Fuller House. I think in that situation, it does work. But it took a lot of effort, though. Like they had to, ca- they got everybody except for uh, the Olsen twins. Yeah, yeah, because they the refused. Original, yeah, but the, that's fine. But and they, but they acknowledged that and kind of yes. like made fun of it during yes. the show, so it made it okay. Um, and the personally, I think the updated Twilight Zone by Jordan Peele. Is fantastic, and mm-hmm. it doesn't recreate old episodes. That's the thing. Right. It's a new spin on it. And if you're gonna have anybody do it, it's Jordan Peele. Yeah. And that's why when I watched it, I said, "Okay, I I can appreciate." Mm. I know you didn't like. I it. was kind of mad about it. We only watched a couple. You only watched a couple episodes. I watched them all. I thought it was great. But um, I also wasn't a huge fan of the original twilights like i've and also that wasn't geared towards our generation right that's yep. like a 50 60 yeah kind of yep. maybe 40s i don't even know so you're bringing something back that's almost at at most 80 yeah years, i feel like that just you know. skipped over me entirely because the original was too old for me and now the new one is just right. like i i don't have that nostalgic attachment to it and it also question it makes you question what is sacred right there's a reason they haven't touched. Are you? I mean, uh, are you afraid of the dark? There's a reason why they haven't touched the, the original Wizard of Oz. You have not seen. I mean, you've seen Broadway adaptations. Mm-hmm. I'm talking on film. You have not seen a Wizard of Oz. You know, pound for pound remake. Yeah. Of it. Same thing with Citizen Kane. Same thing with The Godfather. Even though I think they're doing it. Hmm. Um, Scarface. I think they're doing too. But. These classic films, you rarely see them because there's this aspect of it's it's you'll ruin it. You can't touch it. Yeah, it's already glorious the way it is. You right? can't make it better. No, and it, it's sacred. Right, and I think part of what makes those types of classics great is you know the time that they were filmed in or the time that they were made, like a lot of those things were also groundbreaking in terms of where the technology was like wizard of oz for example like it was the first it was the of, first film in color right it was the first thing of its kind so i feel like that is part of what makes it so like not uh what's the word i'm looking for it's untouchable yeah like you yes. can't you can't repeat it no 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 you can't replicate it and you know when you have um I don't know, those types of films in particular. And you can, you can make the same argument with uh, music, too. You've heard, I'm sure, covers of Bohemian Rhapsody, but not any, any major artists releasing a pound-for-pound pound replica of Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Um, you haven't... I mean, yes, I imagine is a bad example because that was a flop of a thing during the pandemic with a bunch of celebrities that were rich in their towers while other people are, you know, suffering. But, um, you know, you haven't, it, that's, that's another song that you haven't really heard 
done and it was like a major release. Right. It wasn't hyped up. Uh, people have covered it, don't get me wrong, but it right. wasn't yeah. pushed, you know, as this person covering John Lennon, oh, reimagined. Um, it, th- there are some items in media in particular that are just, you can't touch it. Um, and I think there's a reason for that. I think there's, a, there's an element of respect <laughs> to that. And I don't know. I just, I don't mean to be old man yelling at clouds <laughs> about it, but when I saw that there was a Fresh Prince remake, I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to watch that. And that is a very different, just from seeing the, the trailer, it's like a very different take to it. It's very modernized, it seems like. I understand it's a different twist, but it's, in my mind, I'm saying those that are, and maybe this is my dis- disconnect with the younger generation. My knee-jerk reaction is, just watch the original. Yeah, but the original is not relatable because it's in the 90s. And You'd the, be the, surprised. I mean, uh, like you said, it's just a totally different time. Like, I feel like as like a 10-year-old right now, you're watching the original Fresh Prince. You should not be fucking watching Fresh Prince what? at 10. This updated version? No, no, no. The, I'm saying if they were to watch the original. Oh, okay. It would be completely unrelatable because I feel like they would wonder, you know, well, why don't they just Google that? Or why don't they just GPS it? Yeah, like, yeah. W- w- it, so many of the storylines would not feel relatable because then how they're are not Stranger relatable Things issues. awesome? How are people so drawn to Stranger Things? Because that's like a paranormal, like, sci-fi it, thing. Why don't they just Google it? Okay, because it's sci-fi. It's not supposed to be real. But it's also the Fresh understanding that it real. was set in the 80s and that is accepted amongst the audience. Right, but a 10-year-old in 2020 or 2022, whatever, like, now doesn't know what that means because they were alive in the 80s. A 10-year-old will be watching Stranger Things. But they don't... But that's not the focus of the show is... Oh, it was for the season one. It is for people like us who recognize, oh, that's a cool 80s nod or that's very 80s or that's such a throwback and recognize those elements. If you are completely unfamiliar with that decade and you didn't live through it and you're not familiar with those things... I feel like the emphasis and the thing that you're most drawn to and interested in are the sci-fi aspects. I think a lot of the 80s things that we can appreciate about that show are probably lost on younger viewers. Unless you're, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you're very into 80s things or something. Okay, but if you want, what makes the story, and I'm not shitting on the story or the plot line here, what about Bel Air is so... I don't know, necessary for a child or a teenager in 2022 that you couldn't just make a new sitcom with those same elements. Like, why does it have to be reimagined? Why don't you just make something new? And that's what I think is the problem at its core is that, yes, this aspect of revisitation is, you know, so compelling, but at the same time, it's coming at the cost of originality. Yeah, I think part of it is the is trying to appeal to both. You're there trying to appeal to... The Just give me something new. This millennial nostalgia and trying to make it relatable to the next generation. Just give me something new. It's, I'd rather just people be creative and make something new. I think it's just... It's kind of like a two birds, one stone situation. <sighs> I, I can do without it. You know, I, I just think that... You know, what about a child or a teenager, especially like just hitting puberty or prepubescent, 
can't relate to the original Boy Meets World at its core. Yes, you could say, oh, just Google it. But at its core, that's not what the shit is about. They're not trying to figure things right, out. Right, the relationships, the situations. Yeah, the, it's all relatable the social still. stuff, I get that. But you don't I need just, to bring something like that back. It's presented in such a, in a way that's so unrelatable. It's kind of like when I was a kid, I did not want to watch like... I watched Wonder Years. I, I guess I watched, yeah, and like Happy Days and I Love Lucy and Bewitched. Well, I, it was more casual v- viewing. I wasn't uh, watching. Th- those weren't like my shows. No, yeah, but Wonder Years I watched. Yeah, and I watched Happy Days. But... And that was specifically Even set the in bunch. like the 60s and 70s. Yeah, but those, they still weren't super relatable. I feel like I watched them just because my parents were watching them. Oh, I was no. never really super into them. I was into. Wonder Years? I mean, I get, I watched it, but. I, I maybe I'm I'm probably fuzzy on the timelines here of maybe I watched the Wonder Years when I was a little bit younger and then I was really into you know uh, TGIF and SNCC and Full House and Wonder Years was great Seventh Heaven was also a show that I was weirdly really interested in but I mean I feel like I was way more into those shows that were geared towards kids my of age course, obviously of course. like because they, they were targeted I was the target audience. But I did still watch some of the older shows. So, I, I mean... You could argue that... I mean, they're brothers in real life. But you could argue that Boy Meets World is an updated version of The Wonder Years. Maybe. Right? It's just... it. I don't remember not, enough of The Wonder Years to really... It's not exactly the same, but it's got the same... In its core, in its essence, it's about the same thing. Yeah. Kids growing up, yeah. having crushes. A lot how of do you shows sit- are like that. Okay, so just make a new one. I mean, they are. But th- why bring back, why bring in Girl Meets get, World? I, so here's the thing. I it's feel a cash like, grab is so what you're my discussing. Question, maybe that could be that. But I I feel like millennials specifically are suckers for nostalgia yes. in a and different why? way. I why is so, it this I, I don't generation? So, right. Because I feel like everybody gets nostalgic. I mean, our parents' generation, of course, get nostalgic. Oh, back in my day. Yes. Like, you know, like there's that whole trope. But for some reason, there's people like us who will go and like watch Everybody Loves Raven every night. <laughs> yes, and drop more money than we sh- than we have any business dropping on fucking donuts because they're 1990s flavor. <laughs> like, I mean, they're delicious. It's the only donuts, time of year we do, and it. it's once a year. I get it, but I mean, uh, it, the reason we do it is because they're 90s. Like that place has delicious donuts year round. But we already established that taste. And food yes, is different but, than but media. I, but every time I hear, uh, but I do it too. Like I was interested and intrigued by the Bel Air remake because it's a nostalgic show from the '90s. Every time I, uh, I was on Fuller House, like immediately I couldn't wait to see that because it was nostalgic. And I mean, I just feel like our our generation. I just know our friends. We go nuts over. I don't things get from it. Things the 90s. I don't get it. You got you bought me a friggin' Tamagotchi. I get... I <laughs> know. And w- it, at, just like everything else, it's collected no, okay. dust. The reason is... This is going to be a little bit of kid. a tangent. When you're a kid and you have a thing that you need to take care of, it's whatever. It's fine. It's like a baby doll. It's, you know, it's fake. Yeah, you already have some things I to take care of. I have real things to <laughs> yes. take care of now that cry in the middle of the night and ask to be fed and need to clean up their shit and everything. So I don't need a Tamagotchi for No, that I understand. Now. But that's uh, yeah. the thing. You, when you got it, you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Because it was tamag- cool just right. it was And then you're like, oh, I'm not there anymore. Exactly. I was, it's not as so cool anymore. So that's the letdown. It is. You know, it's, it's right. inevitable. So, so one of the things that I was speculating about when I was, there were a couple of articles that we were reading about 
um, you know, related to this topic. And there was an opinion from the New York Times I read that was um, talking about nostalgia and how it relates to stress and trauma and how it has really reared its head during the pandemic. And I think that that made me start thinking about, you know, maybe millennials, very generally speaking, have just undergone or experienced more stress and trauma collectively as a generation. I mean, every generation obviously has their... I mean, we went through 9-11. We went through a a, recession. recession, Trump. (laughs) Yeah. And a pandemic. Yeah, and 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 everyone has experienced the 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 trauma and the stress of the pandemic, of course. But like you said, I feel like a lot of our um, developmental years as millennials have been kind of these repeated. I I don't know. I don't want to throw around the word trauma too loosely, but it, we're really stressed. A very stressed out generation with okay. a lot of anxiety and depression, and you know, like but I just, I feel like this makes it worse because we just agreed that inevitably you're going to yeah. be let down i'm not saying it's a good solution but you know? i think it's why i think it's part of the reason why we'll stop going there we're so drawn to nostalgia so uh, this is like that old adage like stop looking into the past and look into the future well i think it's a temporary fix i think in the moment when I you're doing know. something that is it it, it is pleasing i mean like when you're taking part in a nostalgic activity or watching an old movie or a show or eating something that reminds you of better days you know that's I, different I, it's so different and i, I think, think we force think it with media similar i think it's because we have these sense of comforts these senses of comfort in uh taste and when you hear a song and it brings you back and you can appreciate that during those three minutes that mm-hmm. song is on or whatever. Yeah, or until you finish the meal. And then it's gone, right? And you're just like, okay, time to move into 2022. But when you hear, oh, are you afraid of the darks coming back? You hype yourself up. There's this mm-hmm. sense of, all right, let's go. Oh, man, love that show when I was growing up. Fuck yeah, cool. And then you watch it, you're like, this isn't, this isn't good. Like, I'm just not there anymore. Yeah. And, and you're just let down. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I, and I, I guess what I'm saying is... particular to media. Yeah, and maybe maybe the people creating these things, uh, you know, obviously they're... It's a cash grab. They're well-versed yeah. in, in, in t- how to target your audience, what draws people in, what types of things people are going to lose their shit over, and they they know they've tapped into the psychology of millennials who have all of this stress and anxiety, and they know that we're going to be suckers for anything that attempts to bring us back yeah, but to they gotta know it's short-lived. the 90s which were amazing they gotta know it's short-lived because it with the exception of so far i mean bel-air is still to be determined yeah with the exception of fuller house none of it has really been successful yeah i guess but i mean it i go be i know you're really focused on the media thing but there are other like re-releases of toys or you know i feel like are kids about them Oh, I we don't know. We just heard from it's our not, friends today that <laughs> CDs are coming back. Really? Oh, you weren't in the no, room? No, I wasn't there. Oh, yeah. Uh, our friend was saying that she has a co-worker, and her co-worker has a younger son, I think 13, and wants CDs. Wow. So Crazy. it's it's our vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is their CD. Yep. And they want CDs. Hmm. Uh, this is based off of one story and one child. Yeah. Um, 
But if that's the case, cool. Mm -hmm. But to me, the material that I'm holding and the other person, our other friend was saying, I like the, it's nostalgic to me to hold the material. It's nostalgic to me to rip open a CD or a vinyl case or whatever, a, a box set, and that smell mm -hmm. and flipping. I can through hear the, pages. the sound of flipping through yes. the CD case you know, in the that, in the car. <laughs> there's something nostalgic to that, and I and I get that. It brings you back, mm -hmm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because you can't be let down from that because it's repetitive. It is a formula. Well, it's the actual thing yes. itself. Yes, the and same. it will I, never I let you, you down. I know what you mean, but I'm saying the idea of... Uh, so, yeah, I guess what you're, the distinction is that when you watch something that is meant to invoke that and then it doesn't because it's just not the same. It's not the same. Right, it's disappointing. But I think even things that are nostalgic that are successful in doing that, it's very momentary. But it's never shows or movies. That's the thing. And I feel like Fuller House did that for me. I feel like, I mean, I also, it's really hard to remember that in a normal state of mind because that's when I was very sick. I remember watching Fuller House when I was- And it was um, before the pandemic too. It was before the pandemic, but I was also postpartum. I was like six months postpartum maybe. No, no, no. no. Fuller House came out before our first child was born. Yep. Oh, then I didn't watch it then until, because I vividly remember when yes. I had- food poisoning or a stomach bug or whatever Remember when it was. you went to see Luke Bryan? Yes. I was watching it in the parking lot on my phone. Oh, then maybe it was the next season or something. I yeah. was watching new episodes of Fuller House when I was very sick that okay. year. It was, this, right. it was right around Christmas of 2018. Yeah. Um, and so it did bring me a lot of comfort. I was so grateful that I had that because I've been looking forward to it and I was sick and I felt like shit and it was very comforting. And, um, then they yeah. hit it. And they I did. think that's the only exception. Whereas, you know, when you hear a, a song that meant a lot to you growing up or whatever, like Porcupine Tree, it's no secret to this, anybody that's listening to the show, that Porcupine Tree is my absolute favorite band. Able to snag tickets uh, yeah. to Boston. And they're coming in... August? No. September. September. And the front man, Stephen Wilson pretty much the composer of the band said this could be it we're not sure this could we could wrap up this 13 date tour and say that was fun let's do it again or it could be okay yeah we're, we're good and yeah. he says i'm leaning towards the latter which again could be a very very good uh marketing campaign to make people buy, tickets. buy tickets now yes. yeah <laughs> which i get it i don't fault him for that but for me it's listening to the new material they're releasing it's the same members Mm -hmm. And I'm a biased Porcupine Tree fan because they could put out absolute shit and I'd love it. But for me... I don't know about that. I don't know. They're, it's very, very difficult to make me displeased by anything that they I mean, release. that's because they don't put out shit. Okay, fair. <laughs> I understand that this is going to be it. I'm approaching it with the understanding that this is going to be it. They're going to mm -hmm. play old stuff and I'm going to love it and I'm going to feel satisfied. That's how I felt about Tool. Yeah. When... I said, you know, when they released the new album, I said to you, this could be the last time. Mm -hmm. So let's see it. I saw it. They played a lot of old material and I'm good. Why do you think I'm seeing Hanson again? I, I get it. It's the same thing. So with me, it's, it seems like this doesn't hit the mark thing that I'm speaking of in the inevitable is letdown. It's TV and movies. It's TV and movies. Yeah. Right. So like anything that has a taste to it, 
it's either it's the right taste or the wrong taste. Yeah. You know? Well, because even uh, thinking of Hanson, they they have continued to make music, and a lot of the, I do enjoy a lot of their new music, but that's not why I see them. And the, I feel like the majority, I felt like I belonged like no other time in my life when I went to see Hanson. It's like right. all these other thirty-something moms who are there to hear Mbop. Like, <laughs> but you're it, it's it's with the understanding that you're thirty-year-old moms waiting to hear umbop right like right? we all know that that's what's right. happening <laughs> if you go to a I, we don't but we have gone to clubs on like 90s night and it's the understanding you're gonna hear 90s music you can't act like you did when you were a kid in the 90s no, at you definitely this establishment <laughs> you know you just can't you just you're you're still 20 something at a club list enjoying 90s music so there's still that breakage of that time travel in your mind back mm-hmm. to that time you're still you embrace the fact that you're listening and being in that atmosphere no matter how much they recreate it yeah you can't be mm-hmm. in that atmosphere because you can't be 13 years old in the 90s right it's making me think of um all the pulled muscles and thrown out bags that must have happened during the um Super Bowl halftime show this year. Yeah. There's another thing. Like, this is, they were calling it the greatest halftime show ever. And you're, you have Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, mm-hmm. you know, 50 Cent was Snoop Dogg, who's apparently approaching 70. Oh, my God. Really? Well, he's in his 60s, I think. Wow. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, you're bringing, and hearing that music is great, but you're still, you're not that person anymore. And I think... We can wrap it up before the break because we're going kind of long. But when you hear music, especially metal artists or rock artists, that over time they calm down. This happened to Tool mm-hmm. in particular. Like their newest album, I remember talking to my friends about it and they they said, it's very different. I said, it's way less angry. They are mm-hmm. no longer angry. And it's twofold. One, because they're older and they're older and not wiser. that person anymore. And two, Porcupine Tree touched on this as well they just can't do it anymore it takes too much energy you can't scream about things anymore and then play a show the next night Mm -hmm. in your 50s you could do that in your 20s can't do that in your 50s you can't yeah you can't be punching out these odd signature polyrhythmic shit on your drums banging away like a metal i don't know what metal drummer is not it's anticlimactic (laughs) what i was describing but you can't be that same type of drummer this thrash metal yeah. drummer anymore like you did in your 20s you're just tired you, yeah. you'll Physically. get carpal tunnel yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just tired like yeah. you just can't do it well, anymore. i think it's mentally exhausting too to live in that anger for your like forever yes. i mean they can't live in that level of emotion. i feel bad for people that are still there like if you were all about early angry tool the undertow album in when it was released in what 94 95 and you're still that now i feel bad for you man like how i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry that you're still angry to that extent yeah yeah like i feel like you can't escape that growing up you you just become tired (laughs) yeah Right, but that is and something soft. that every teenager experiences, yeah. and the emotions are so uh, intense when you're growing up too. Yeah, yeah. That it's and easy that's to, it's easy to relate to that. That's the frustration that maybe not not for me, but people that are craving that nostalgic pulse being touched, mm-hmm. you you just can't. Yeah, 
because you're no longer in those circumstances. You no longer have those overwhelming amounts of hormones running through you, influencing right, your right. emotions. Yeah. You just don't, chemically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it's not the same. Did you want to touch on anything else? No, I think we'll just uh, get to the polls and see what comes out of that. Okay. Hang tight. So the polls, <laughs> as always, we get really good and interesting feedback from our listeners on these topics. So um, this was no exception. <laughs> um, some of the answers to the questions we asked just brought me right back. We talked about how we're, as millennials, suckers for nostalgia. <laughs> well, there's no, yeah, this just added to it. Yeah, we today, it's no secret that we record both halves of the episodes uh, most of the time on two separate days. So today, because I was talking about Our Lady Peace on the first half, <laughs> yep. I listened to a bunch of Our Lady Peace today. brought me back. Mm-hmm. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, so we we wanted to know, you know, if other people, especially most of the people who um, listen to the show and who, you know, interact with us on social media are fellow millennials. <laughs> most of them are. Yeah. Yeah. So... We were curious to know if if they felt the same way we did about, um, you know, nostalgia in general, uh, specifically nostalgia for the 90s. Yeah. Um, and about, you know, if the pattern that we seem to be seeing about media really being a tryhard yeah. <laughs> um, with bringing back 90s sitcoms and things like that, if that was like, if if anyone else felt like it was a little much and maybe missing the mark. So the first thing we want to know is just in general. Uh, what are some things or memories like it, something specific? What is it that brings you back that makes you feel nostalgic? Um, and w- so I'll start, I guess, with ones the more general ones, and then we can talk about the specifics. Um, so someone said places and artifacts, which I wish they were a little bit more specific. <laughs> Wait, wh- is a Tamagotchi an artifact? Maybe that's what I'm imagining. Things like that, like okay. things, toys, whatever things that like Gak aren't made anymore yeah that that well they didn't say toys they said artifacts so i'm not really sure but um and as far as places i know i can't even remember since we recorded the first half yesterday we can talk about places <laughs> did okay maybe it was when we stopped recording we were talking about like chuck e cheese and stuff yes okay that's a because you said you wanted place. to talk about it uh, the, yeah and i've forgotten to mention places like that or like the skating rink Remember, we used to go to um united, united skates, states of america but that's only in rhode island yeah yeah that's a rhode island thing but um i'm sure other places it's had still similar skating you know indoor skating yeah, thing with with lights yeah and um and my barber and i'm bald i know but my beard barber <laughs> yeah um he has mortal Kombat 2 arcade and it's free to play wow yeah. cool just hanging out there. There's that whole, um, there's a place in Providence that we still haven't been yeah, to that has all the old arcade games. What is it called? Free Play, I think? I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, that's 80, that's Donkey Kong that's shit. That's true. Yeah, those, the old arcade games are, are like we played them in we the 90s, it but in it wasn't a thing as California. much as it was. 
Yeah, we did go to a place that had a bunch of old games. The original Donkey Kong they had. And they had Pac-Man and stuff like that. Yeah. The original Donkey Kong had Mario on it before Mario had his own game. Oh, wow. All right. Well, and don't, we saw that in California. A, well, there is a video game okay. response. I'm not, so I'm not we'll burying get to that. anything. Yeah. Um, well, you, don't, you haven't read these, so you can't bury it if you try. Cause yeah, <laughs> that's true. You don't know what they are. I never do. <laughs> um. So I can kind of relate to the places thing. Like, I, I mean, I guess I'm thinking of, um, I don't know if it's places, though, that still exist that maybe you went to as a kid. Like, for me, my campground, like, is a place that I went all the time. But that's not, like, a 90s-specific thing. Like, Nickelodeon still Studios? Yeah, I do have memories of going there. Doesn't exist. My parents got chosen when we went to yeah. Nickelodeon, and they got to play, I forget what it was, Double Dare or, I, I can't we, remember. We attended Bootleg Double Dare. So that's what, what it was. Yeah. So it wasn't the TV show. Right. It, it was, was just, like. They did the it, attraction. They yeah. They constantly had an episode of Double Dare. Yes. Going on, but it was fun because we got to. Yes. I think we got to slime my parents. We did I, something to them. We Water balloons. Anything. I don't remember, but yeah, they got chosen, and my brother oh, and I cool. got to. Got to. Uh, I just wanted the whipped cream pie. Them. Yeah. Just crust and whipped cream. That's all yeah. it was, and I always yeah. wanted to try it when I could have just made it at home. Yeah. But it's different. Okay, noted. Uh, <laughs> it's just crust and whipped cream. Yeah, and they called um, it a pie. So another general one, but I can also relate to, uh, someone said certain smells. I'm trying to think. Well, we, we discussed the smell of a CD. Yep. Like a freshly opened yep. package from the cellophane. Mm-hmm. For me, CD. it's even magazines, which clearly magazines are still around, mm. but I don't read them anymore. I read everything online, but I used to get, you know, like 17 magazine or teen bop or whatever on a regular basis. Oh, uh. This this might make me make me sound like a douche, but the smell of hot topic. I, I had know exactly very, what you mean. <laughs> or if we're not trying to be douchey, the smell of blockbuster. Yeah. Or any video store. Here mm-hmm. it was major video. I don't know how ubiquitous major video was in the United States. Yeah, I don't know, but um, we know blockbuster was. Yeah. Blockbuster Hollywood video. Yeah. The smell of stale ass popcorn. Yeah. Entering in that place. <laughs> yeah. That and you can't replicate that. No. No, you can't. And if you if you found something that had that scent trapped in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking because you mentioned gack. That's one. The smell yeah, of those it's, types it's like of sour. Yeah. But also like plastic. <laughs> Remember the uh the gack that was grainy? It was like sand gack. Yes. And you can mold it? Yes. Whereas Gak was just slime, but it was thicker. Right. Yep. Um, but sand Gak, I can distinctly remember that. Smell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now that you say that, I do too. Um, and then I'm thinking about some of the you know quintessential '90s beauty products that had a very specific smell, like lip smackers and cucumber melon mm. lotion and body wash. Every girl had cucumber melon. <laughs> there was also like a vanilla body scrub that everyone used. Out of those. What types was the of Britney things. Spears scent? Curious. Okay, everyone had that. Yep. I ha- I remember my brother bought that for me one year yeah. for uh Christmas and I I loved it. It lasted forever. Yeah. Um so yeah, I can totally relate to smells and I know we we talked about in the first half how smell is a very like memory invoking sense. It's Or for us specifically, I'm just going to disappoint our parents here. Oh god. Um the smell of the the new car scent tree and yep. weed. That is a that is that was your signature scent when we first started dating, hundred <laughs> percent. Just the car, yeah. And 
you know, unlike, sorry, not unlike any person, specifically dudes, in 2002, some some form of Axe body spray. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, when I used to smoke a lot of weed in the car, I would crank the uh, the vents yeah. and spray it into the vents so it sprayed back out. And I remember too you had a very specific pattern of how you sprayed it on your body. Yeah. It was like a Z. Yes. <laughs> and there was a time where women women thought that shit smelled good. It did smell good. It's just you used like a gallon of it and it was overpowering. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't smell good. In small small doses, it's okay. It if I smell that, it just reminds me of two thousand five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That pre HD era, right? <laughs> um. So yeah, those were like the two very generic ones. So I would love to hear um for those who submitted those, like let us know if we hit on any of the ones that you that were you know you were thinking about when you when you said those. Those specifically things. weed and new car scent yeah was that what was on your mind <laughs> um okay this one i okay we're going back to the video games i'm gonna embarrass the crap out of myself because i don't know how to pronounce this video game right. which was probably very popular but that wasn't really my thing uh nintendo 64 zelda ocarina i ocarina never... o-c-a-r-i-n-a I never time. had N64 was the console I always wanted, never mm-hmm. had it. Yeah. But I played everyone else's. Like I'd played I don't think we did either. We had a um we had a Sega and then we had a PlayStation. Yep, same. I went from Nintendo to Sega to PlayStation to PlayStation 2 and I literally just got No, you bought me an Xbox 360. Yep. And I just got a PlayStation 4 from my best friend for free. Yeah. He said, I don't even use it. I said, I probably won't either. <laughs> just, like, have you used it since you <laughs> Nope. And I just, it's just sitting there. But I have it. One night, we'll have a date night and play I some old games it. or something. Um, I've never played Zelda, but I can relate. The sound of PlayStation 1, mm-hmm. when you start it, the... Yep. <laughs> like the very clearly ancient Chinese flute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theme, because yeah, it's Sony. We know it's made in Asia. Like mm-hmm. you have to make it obvious. But and I say that half kidding. But yeah. Um. But they are very distinct sounds. Hearing that, or Sega. Yeah. That sound just uh is the indicator that I'm about to get left behind in uh Sonic yeah. when you insist yeah. on being player one and making me be tails. And it brings back trauma from my childhood when my brother used to do that to me. <laughs> the GoldenEye theme. Like I said, I never had N64, but playing, I used to play GoldenEye all the time at my friend's house. And just hearing that startup theme mm-hmm. to GoldenEye, you just knew shit was going down. That and uh, SmackDown versus Raw, Here Comes the Pain. We used to play that shit on PlayStation 2 high as fuck all the time. <laughs> and all I would do is be Kurt Angle and I would just fuck everyone else. <laughs> With Kurt Angle, and everyone got so mad. I remember my best friend, I was playing against him, and he broke his controller as a result of it because he couldn't beat me. He oh literally God. threw his controller down on the that ground. That happened a couple times at our house, too. Shattered it. But not for, not that game. He's like, I can't do it. I can't beat you. This fucking bullshit. <laughs> and then he realized his controller was broke. He's like, oh, I shouldn't have fucking done that. Yep. 
That sucks. So yeah, it was for us. It was uh, Sonic. We played all the time. We played um, when we got our PlayStation. It was Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. <laughs> and then we played a bunch of racing games. There's, I still remember the music from some of the games, but I, I don't even remember which, which one it was. Video but, games will bring you back. Yeah, and, and it is. It's the sound effects because yes. they were so so specific. Yeah. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog two, like the soundtrack for those levels pretty fucking good yeah it's not bad it's not i know i wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of bands covered it and made it i'll get a look for that I because those exists. tunes were good it probably exists yeah yeah um so yeah can't really relate specifically to the game the zelda game but definitely video games yeah, yeah, yeah. in no. general um are very nostalgic i'm not um, an rpg guy so yeah uh, okay, and the last one that we received for like the general what what things make you feel nostalgic? Uh, vivid memories of playing Mash, Mash in school. Okay, and those folded triangle fortune tellers. Oh, the the one, two, three, yes. four. What are they? Weren't they called something specific? <sighs> I don't remember. So what's funny is as I was reading this for the first time, when I read Mash. That other game popped into my head first. It's just fortune telling. And then it? I continued to read the sentence and, and they were also talking about the same thing. So I think those two things go hand in hand because they were very similar and it was like telling your future. Yeah. Um, but they were two different games. And I don't remember the name of the, the paper one. Yeah, that um, it, we called it Chinese football. And there was a time where I thought Chinese football was literally... How they played football in China? Like how they, oh they all gather around a table with two people <laughs> with a folded piece of paper into a triangle. And why was it called that? I, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, it was paper football. I'm sure it, it, we didn't know better. But I, as a kid, you don't know. And I was like, all right, I guess this is how they do it. And oh, my God. There's a bunch of spectators. You know, you have to hold your hands up for the, yeah. for the end zone, for wow. the uprights. Yeah. Um, that seven up stand up. Oh my God! Yep. Seven up, stand up, mm-hmm. and you'd hope your crush put your <laughs> touched your thumb. Um, yep. What was the game where everyone at gym class would hold a Red piece? Red Rover. Is that oh, the the sorry the, I... the parachute game? No, but I remember the parachute parachute game. Yeah, I was talking about Red Rover. Is when they stand in a line and all hold hands, and you send. It says Red Rover, Red Ro- Red Rover, send adam right over I, and you would have to run across and try to break through the chain of people holding hands oh i on the other team. remember that it got it didn't last i think it was around the time that i was in i remember playing that in elementary school Was someone get clotheslined or something i think a lot of kids got hurt playing that game <laughs> and they don't allow it anymore i mean whatever i i all those sort of bullshit games off the wall have you ever played off the wall probably or suicide so off the wall was I used to play this all the time in Little League. You'd have a racquetball or a tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd and there's a wall in front of you, just a solid brick wall. And you would bounce the racquetball to the ground so it ricochets off mm-hmm. the wall. And you have to catch it. And you're amongst, I don't know, four or five, or a bunch of kids. And you have to be the one to catch it. That's okay. off the wall. Okay. And it's, it's safe. And you either catch it or you don't. If you miss it, the same person that threw it the first time throws it again. Okay. And if you catch it, then you get to throw it. Suicide is if you uh, throw it against the wall and you're one of the kids that try to grab it and you miss it, but you touch it. You have to run to the wall and say suicide 
before someone picks up the ball and tries to peg you. Jesus. Yeah. So if you get pegged before him. So like dodgeball, but. With a racquetball or tennis oh ball. Oh my God. So if you get pegged before you're able to run to the wall and say suicide, you have to stand at the wall. And three people get to throw the ball at you, and they have they either hit you or you don't. <laughs> I never played yes. that game. Yeah, never oh, heard yeah. of that before. Yep, that wow. was that was my little league childhood. Okay, it was awesome. We should do some follow up polls this week of like, did you ever play these certain games Suicide. or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> Suicide was deadly, but it was fun. Yeah. Wow. No, I never played that. It was always just Red Rover. Yeah. Um. Well, that wasn't a gym game. No, we played it at recess and okay. then we got in trouble right. because okay. it was dangerous and kids got hurt got, all the time. My gym teacher did not. All right, no. guys, playing <laughs> suicide. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, so now, so we did a little different this week. We did like the um, open-ended question first and then we moved on to the actual polls. So for the yes-no polls, the first thing we asked was, um, do you feel more nostalgic during times of stress like the pandemic? For example, I'm sure a lot of people said yes. It was it was closer than I thought. It was only 57 percent said yes. OK, so it was almost half and half. Um, and then we asked, do you think millennials generally crave nostalgia more than other generations? Um, and that was a little bit more. 67 percent said yes. Um, and so I was thinking about that more. I mean, we were pretty. We talked about I'm reading these two kind of together because we talked about them related sure. to one yeah. another in the first half like about maybe millennials crave nostalgia more because they are a generation or we are a generation that has undergone a lot of stress like we, yeah, we are a very that. yeah, yeah yeah that's what i'm saying so that's why i paired those two questions like that um so you think they might not even realize that's a coping mechanism it's just what we do because it's what we've always done yes Gotcha. That's true. That's true. Right. They're they're not necessarily saying that we do it in times of stress because we're always in times of stress right. and we've always craved nostalgia because we're always stressed out and balls of anxiety. Right. Um. So maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But I was thinking, you know, there are and I can't speak for other generations, but I feel like nostalgia is obviously not something that's unique to millennials. I just feel like it's you know, the feeling of nostalgia, I'm saying, like I said in the first half, the bringing back like of Like the shit, phenomenon of, of... Revitalizing things. Yeah, leaning into nostalgia, yes, like hard. To this extent. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I sent you a screenshot. They're bringing back Rush Hour yeah, yeah, as a that. TV series. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I was also thinking today, like, d- how to describe it. The reason why I'm so turned off to bringing things back or reinventing things... It's the same reason why I don't respect cover bands is because you're making your mark on the back of someone else's hard work before you. You know, like the concept of if we're going to stick to Rush Hour or Bel Air, that concept has already been made. You're just putting your own twist on it. Yeah, but they're not taking credit for that. They are recognizing the original, you know, version and I the original it. creators. It's but, not like they're pretending that they made it up on their own. But my point is, if you want to have your own vision of something similar, like I said in the first half, just make something new. Right. Okay. So, so then the last question we asked was, do you think that the 90s media research, like the resurgent of 90s um, media, sitcoms, movies, whatever, is overdone, is being, is a little too much? And only 42% said yes. Okay. So... I, w- I wish we followed suckers. up. They all love it. <laughs> I wish we followed up with how many of you actually watch it. Um, 
Yeah. So I think I think part of it, I think you covered in the first half, like that it's there's a lot of excitement when you hear that it's happening, even with like something like Jurassic Park. I feel like you hear all oh, the new Jurassic Park, but they're it's not, not they're not redoing the it. No, but it's there's only so many sequels like none of the even though the sequels are OK, like they're not the original. The original Jurassic Park is just always going to be Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's a phenomenon. Right. And you can't you can't relive you can't replicate that but i don't mind expanding the story kind of like i don't mind the new star wars but i think when like i guess i can only speak from my perspective but when i hear oh new jurassic park awesome like part of the reason why i'm so excited about it is because of the nostalgia factor of i love the original jurassic park and 1990s me is excited to see another jurassic park not because i am a huge fan of dinosaur action movies it's because jurassic park well, they're the only ones. Okay, so <laughs> I just, yeah, I just mean that plot line in particular. I mean, yeah, it's not because it's an action movie about dinosaurs, which it's, they're the only ones. You know what I'm trying to? Say. I'm saying it's not that. I'm saying it's the nostalgia factor. It's that's like I'm not me really in. a fan of space people with lightsabers, but I really like Star Wars. <laughs> well, they're the only ones. So. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm saying it's not because of the content of the movie that I'm excited about a new Jurassic Park. It's because of it's the, the nostalgia co- it's factor. It's conceptual. I yes. get it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, God, I forgot my original point now. <laughs> the, you, oh, we get you more like excited about it. You like the idea of yes. them reaching back into the bag, yes. but you don't want to watch, see what's in the bag. But once you do, you're let down. Because I said that. I know that I'm agreeing with you. And yeah. that's why I wonder, to your point, of the people who said, no, they don't think it's being overdone, is because they like the idea of it and they're excited about all these things coming back, but they haven't actually watched them or they haven't, like, they haven't given themselves a chance to be disappointed. Like, maybe they're just excited by the yeah, idea of it. because they haven't viewed it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. I wonder, we should do a follow-up. If you said no, have you watched all of these, you know, yeah, you should specifically said besides Fuller House. I know. <laughs> yeah. What else have you seen? Right. You know, because I just I bet you there are people that are like, what the fuck? The Wonder Years? Re- like me? Yes. That's what I'm saying. I, I disagreed with you. I don't necessarily think it's being overdone because I thoroughly enjoyed Fuller House, which I think was made abundantly clear in the first half. But that's the only thing. Right. I didn't even know about some of these other things, but... Uh, so, right, I wouldn't have said, yes, I think it's being overdone because I yeah. wasn't aware of a lot of it. You know, everyone was disappointed, with, like I said, with the new Rugrats, mostly because of the animation style. It's all in 3D and stuff on Paramount+. Plus, so Which ruins the nostalgia factor. I get it. Yeah. You know? Um, same thing with Beavis and Butthead. You just can't do it because music videos aren't a thing. And right. them making fun of the music videos was one of the best parts of that show. Yeah, it's kind of critical yes but it was funny right you just can't do no one cares about music videos anymore yeah um same thing with i guess they're gonna bring back like i said home improvement Mm -hmm. i don't know that you can do that anymore you know i i maybe you can it's just doesn't seem right millennials definitely don't peep over their fence and talk to their neighbors i'm saying i don't want to talk to my neighbors (laughs) if i don't see my neighbor's mouth i'm happy Give me a Wilson. That's his name, right? Wilson. I, uh, I think so. Yeah, give me yeah. a Wilson. <laughs> give me some sage advice without seeing your face. I mean, you don't even... I think that'd be a little too much interaction for your liking, honestly. Even that. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, it just to me, it just leave it alone. Yeah. And just if you if you really want to tap into that, just make something new. I I guess the fear is is that if you make something new, that's so similar, people are gonna say, Whoa, "It's a rip off." Just ripping it. Yeah. Okay, but you wouldn't enjoy the redone version anyway. Right. Well, so you're kind of describing a lose lose situation here. Yeah. So leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. Why are you sacrificing originality? Yeah. And that's the, what I think is the problem is that people aren't making new things. I know, but I think so. This is where we get into a chicken or the egg. I don't think it's because they lack originality and they can't come up with something new. I think it's because they know that we will eat it up. But we don't. It's a low hanging fruit. But we don't. Mm, I guess. Especially I, when I it comes know. to television, people aren't really watching these things. Like people are, people were so hyped for Boy Meets World. On, I'm sorry, Girl Meets World online, and it got canceled yeah. because no one's watching it. No, because you're right. no one I cares. Think, you're right. I think there's a lot of hype, but I don't know how much of that is, you know, followed up with. No one cares. Viewership. Yes. Yeah. And just make something new. Yeah. Make your own thing. Mm-hmm. And leave my fucking generation alone. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it speaks to you guys can pop back and dig in the archive and listen to the episode of the 90s we i don't want to say a lot of the same ideas but we do celebrate what happened in the 90s and some and of our favorite things yeah. in the 90s and that to me is a not to toot our own horde a, a proper revisitation of a nostalgic thing like appreciate them for what they were and just leave it alone yeah yeah you can celebrate it. You can like talk about it, revisit it. Even if you find like a Dunkaroo or you want to listen, like I did today, listen to, and by no means, you don't need my permission. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But, <laughs> you know, listening to a bunch of Our Lady Peace albums today, I was just like, oh, this feels good. I remember what I was doing mm-hmm. during this time. I can put myself back into this place, you know, but people that listen to, you know, craving a new stained or disturbed album. But like, dude, I don't hate my parents anymore. So I don't need to <laughs> listen to this music about yeah. how much I hate my mom. And, you know, I don't, if people are still writing that at 50. Yeah, I know. We talked about this in the first half You know, too. it's just yeah. disingenuous. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. That's what I mean. I feel like getting back to how other generations, you know, um, handle or whatever address their nostalgia or their craving for nostalgia um it's not in these media resurgences like well like you said that in the the twilight zone is an example of something that came back that was it's older than the 90s but other than that i'm trying to think you know what do the older generations sort of indulge in for those nostalgic nick at night i mean that's still our generation no, like Lucy and... Oh, you're right. It goes back behind. I'm, it's not the Nick at Night that I'm thinking, but you're you right. You know what? Probably Nick at Night but those has... But are, are those even on? Are, uh, probably not. That's what I mean. They're not on any of the streaming services. So no, you... so they probably watch Matlock or Murder, <laughs> She Wrote during the day. Golden Girls. Something. Yeah, some shit like that. And le- and I don't mean to be morbid about that. Some of these people are dead. So oh, we... the actors, of course. No, 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 no. Oh. The people that would enjoy <laughs> those shows, 
like people that would thoroughly remember and enjoy Lucy Bewitched, yeah, probably dead. I guess. So um, I, you keep bringing it back to media, but there are other forms of nostalgia than media consumption. What, a Nickelodeon, like a legit Nickelodeon, you put a nickel in a thing and you watch a reel. But what are we talking about? I don't know, like going to a, like a penny candy store. That's what I'm or... talking about. Oh, <laughs> you just can't have a penny candy store anymore. <laughs> oh, you're right. There's there is one candy store. There's inflation. I'm, I'm thinking very. You're right. It doesn't cost a penny, but it's penny candy. It's a type of candy. Sure. It's not the literal. Oh my God, you are just shitting all over me today. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, we go to South Carolina, get a whoopie pie and an RC cola. Yeah. Okay, but we did that's, that. <laughs> I know, but that's not nostalgic to us. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, there's nothing. We are the generation of nostalgia because we're the only ones that can really access. appreciate and access it. Yeah. Th- that was my question. How do other generations I don't access think they can. and tap into their nostalgia? Because there's something about the 90s that you could. It's one of the only generations, maybe the 80s too, that you could still do those things if you force it. Like, you can create an atmosphere. And which you're still playing arcade games like yeah. that, that arcade that you were talking about. Or you can create an atmosphere in which you can have like a club do a high school dance party from the 90s. You can recreate these things and people will go because our generation will go. People yeah. in their 70s and shit aren't going to those things. I people guess. in the 70s and stuff. We can go to A&W and have, do they still uh, roll your skate? car? I, yeah. I don't know. Or the drive-in. Go to yeah, the drive-in but that's movies. still ubiquitous. Right, but it's it it's not as much of a thing as it was. Yeah, fair. you know, back in the Gotta day. See that dick? <laughs> oh my god, the big dick. Refer to the Rhode Island episode yeah. if you don't know what he's talking about. Just Google rustic, so random, rustic out of, driving. Yeah, out of context. That's a really weird thing to yeah. say. <laughs> Is that all we got? That was all, yeah. Okay. But I think we should do some follow-up polls this week after maybe after people have had a chance to listen to the episode and all right. see if we can dig a little more. We'll hit up the uh, the social media uh, account. Was it the Instagram? Yes. Yes. Wow. That took you a while. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> At, yeah. While she's napping. Yeah. Like I said, they're, they're remaking, they already remade MySpace. And I was all hyped for that, but I, I said to myself, I'm not joining that. No, and you think, <laughs> I can't remember, I, I'm, I feel like I'm ripping someone off because I can't remember where I read or, or heard someone make this point, but... Um, Space Hay. It's still there. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Someone was just talking about how bizarre it is that we publicly ranked our friends yeah. on our social media profile for yeah. everybody to see. And like that is how you knew where you stood with people. It was a statement if Maybe you Maybe that's removed. why we're like millennials had such... I know I'm getting better now in my 30s with maturity, but... In my teens and early 20s, I was a horrible communicator and so passive aggressive and yeah. so much drama. And that's probably wise because that's how we deal. told people how we felt is yeah. rearranging our top, top Why did three. I get moved down a peg? Yeah. <laughs> top eight. Top eight. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Why did I get moved down a peg? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so next week I'm going to be in New York on Saturday and it's just going to be a clusterfuck of a weekend. Speaking of nostalgia... One oh your, yeah, one of your old yeah, friends yeah. from your from the band you used yeah. to play in. Uh, should be fun. Um, haven't seen him since before the pandemic, so uh, whoa, we'll just hit the microphones. Uh, should be good. Um, I don't think you've seen him since before you had kids. No, but you I haven't, haven't hung out like you know being able to go out as like at a bachelor party with with him. No, no, since so it's gonna be just like the old days. <laughs> Probably not. No, probably, probably not. You no. can't hang. I can't hang. <laughs> you know, leave it by like seven o'clock. 
<laughs> I would like to try to squeeze in the episode that we talked about last time about Beachbody. Yeah. The the workouts themselves. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting episode. Um, so until then, if you have any thoughts that you would like to share with us about nostalgia or nostalgic things, specifically from, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s, or the 90s in general, um, even the early 2000s, chime in. Talk to us on the Instagram. Uh, while she's napping. There you go. See? <laughs> and uh, until next week or whenever. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye.